0: that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. Hey everyone, how are you? Back in the home studio, back with the microphone, camera, uh, back in my room and what I wanted to do for you is as promised from this morning's financial update was I I wanted to create a, I don't know, a whole scaling live presentation if I was lucky enough to be asked to speak on stage. Uh, The speakers at the event were all legends in my book. They were all much, much bigger and true professionals at what they do. Uh, So Uh, I'm not trying to sit here and say I qualify to be on stage with them. Absolutely do not. Uh, That said, though, uh, I do bring an interesting perspective, uh, both in I built our portfolio uh, while working a full-time job, so we're going to talk about that. In addition, uh, I built a buy-and-hold portfolio, right? Uh, A lot of the people speaking on stage would control a contract for weeks, or perhaps they would control a flip for months but no one was really talking about um, you know, buy and hold. Uh, there was a cash flow Chris, I believe he might've been the final presentation, who talked about taking his um, active income and converting it into passive income, which was a wonderful presentation uh, and, and was really excited to hear that. Uh, but again, I knew I was about to get on an airplane, so I had to throw myself at work. So I wanted to create Mike Zuber's whole scaling live presentation. And I do this to give back. Uh, again, everybody on stage uh, was tremendous. They're legends in the business, they're go-givers, they were, they were really helping folks. And I wanna do my little part to see um, if I can't give back to the whole scaling community in some way. So without further ado, let me share my presentation, which again, I created uh, on the flight home from Houston. Okay. So again, I built this presentation under the guise of, hey, maybe Elizabeth or Charles or, or someone in the organization said, Hey, uh, you know, maybe we had a speaker back out or we created an extra spot. We'd like you to come up and talk about your business, right? The one rental at a time story. But do it into the guise of, hey, you've heard a lot of the presenters already. Um, you know what they're doing. Uh let's let's uh let's make sure we continue the positive momentum. So Uh, I I put this slide together. So uh, I thought I would highlight why I created the presentations. Uh, Each of these bullet points will be their own slide. Uh, But again, why did I create this presentation? Um, I'll talk about some of the takeaways I had from the the experts that were across the stage over three days. Uh, But again, remember the lens that I'll be looking through these are, as like a full-time employee or a buy and hold landlord. Uh, I will share some key messages that I hope the audience takes away from my talk. I'll talk about, you know, being a cash buyer, right? A lot of the wholesalers uh, running across this stage and doing tremendous business. um, I'll talk about it from the buyer, right? As someone who routinely buys from wholesalers, what am I looking for? Uh, In addition, I will talk about maybe what investors are looking for because a cash buyer versus maybe a full-time employee uh, who wants to get a bank loan is, is a different perspective. And then ultimately I'll put on the hat that I wore for 15 years of being a buy and hold landlord because, to appreciate the other side of whole scaling, um, maybe, it, maybe it would help someone. I will certainly talk about active income, passive income, and wealth. A uh, uh, lots of the presenters talked about active income, passive income, and wealth, uh, but I will spend this uh, predominantly from a buy and hold perspective, uh, and hopefully give back, uh, and then sort of share what I hope everybody has taken from my presentation. So again, that's what this presentation will be, and uh, before I do that, uh, a quote that I am proud to have said and uh, now have this picture created is financial freedom is hard, but a better financial future is easy. I share this because a lot of folks get into this business of real estate and they have the target of financial freedom or they want to quit their job or or whatever, which is a great ambition. Don't get me wrong. But I think the first step to this journey of financial freedom needs to be a better financial future, right? So maybe it's not quitting your job. Maybe it's staying in there for another year or two and building up a nest egg and, and doing all these things. Uh, or maybe it's adding a rental or two. So again, if, if we can get to financial freedom via a better financial future, um, you know, let, let's do that. Uh, it's something I'm proud of. So why I created this presentation. Um, I love to give back, Uh, obviously create daily content on this YouTube channel and um, specifically love to give back when I'm given to uh, and to see uh, 15 or 16 uh, folks uh, come across stage and give their hour to 90 minute presentation. Um, You know, I feel, I don't know, obligated to share, uh, you know, or A, create this presentation, uh, but B, also share. Um, You know, if I can to to give back in some way. You know, my story is very different um, than the folks that came across the stage, uh, right? I worked a day job. I had no intention of quitting my day job. I loved my, I loved my day job. Um, You know, I was in it. uh, You know, our journey took fifteen years, and now it's been nearly twenty years of one rental at a time uh, that ultimately gave us the financial freedom uh, to leave the workforce. So my story wasn't about You know, being laid off or uh, somehow, um, you know, getting rock bottom and and pulling myself up. No, mine was, I'm going to live below my means. We're going to buy one rental a year, uh, and then it sort of snowballed from there. Uh, So again, but this this is you know it's always it's always interesting to appreciate where people come from, and you know I'm here to share with you that sometimes, you know, staying employed and doing real estate in the evenings or the morning is 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 not a horrible idea. Uh, in my opinion. You know, the other thing um, that I think is important to talk about is I've been through multiple recessions. Uh, I have seen, frankly, lending get extremely loose, and I've seen lending absolutely disappear. I have seen prices go to the moon, and I have seen prices go to the bottom, and have successfully invested throughout those cycles. Uh, So, um, you know, my experience, and maybe where I'm cautious, is because I've seen so much pain before, and maybe it's pain you don't see if you've only been investing for the last five or six or even eight years. I, I have the scars. I, I have the friends that were worth eight figures that were now bankrupt, and you know these things. Uh, these things can happen. One of the big takeaways I hope you uh, take from this is even if you have been crushing business the last five to eight years. I want you to appreciate that you have been investing in an upcycle. And what works in an upcycle, if not modified, tweaked, or changed, can cause you to go bankrupt in two to three years if you are not careful. Let me say that again. Some folks that I've spoken with have been wildly successful, like legendary successful, the last five to eight years. And if the market turns, I'm not saying it will, but if it does, and these individuals don't modify their behavior, how they buy, how they carry, how they finance. They're going to go broke, right? Um, lots of folks know Dave Ramsey. Uh, and Dave Ramsey was making a killing in another real estate cycle. Unfortunately, he was borrowing short, which didn't bother because he was in and out of transactions quickly. The market changed. He got caught with lots of debt um, with balloon payments and nobody would refi him out. And now he's anti real estate, right? Those, those scars run deep. So again, real estate investing is such a phenomenal investment. Just realize that part of it is watching the cycles because if you don't modify, the cycle can crush you. Um, you know, one of the things that hopefully I bring to this conversation to the whole Scaling Live community is giving you an appreciation for the end buyer, right? I am both an in-buyer from wholesalers. Uh, and also, uh, you know, I'm an in-buyer of, you know, properties that get financed. Maybe you call those hotels uh, in today's vocabulary, right? You 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 buy them and close on them as a wholesaler. You clean them up, maybe trash out, and then put it on the MLS. I'm that buyer. So again, I wanted to give you a feel for what your buyers are thinking uh, and be a part of this and instead of let's talk about mailing and KPIs and and, you know, do I do uh, you know texting or RVMs or whatever I want to be the buyer for you and tell you as a buyer what I'm looking for uh, both from a whole you know buying a cash deal right all cash uh, buying something financed LEMLS, or maybe buying a turnkey solution again I wanted to come to this story again as somebody who maybe had a full-time job right maybe I work eight to six five days a week. So how do you how do you communicate with me? How do you work with me? Maybe I can, maybe I can't talk during the day, uh, but again, as a buyer, um, you know what could I do for you, or how could we work together uh, given your grinding and hustling and and trying to get commitments and deals and inspections and uh, maybe financial proof of funds or or whatever it is. Uh, so let's talk about that. Um, you know, if or maybe when a down cycle happens, I want you to realize. That things can build, and it's like a snowball going downhill. They can get, they can build gravity and momentum and size, and what you never thought was possible could happen. Um, Again, somebody who invested through this cycle, I remember when I bought something in 03 for 107 grand and ultimately sold it for 260. I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would see that house for less than 107 where I bought in 03. Unfortunately, the person who paid 263 or 267 for my house lost it to foreclosure. And then the bank ultimately sold the same house that I bought for 107 They sold it for 75 right? It was like four short, four short years later. So realize things can get nasty. And if you are on the wrong side, they will build and dominoes will fall. And pretty soon you can't get out of the way and it can crush you and can cause a bankruptcy. The other thing that's important to appreciate about a um, a market that may be down is motivated sellers could change on a heartbeat. You know, uh, just because they're, you know, let's just use the numbers. Let's say their house, they bought their house for 200 and suddenly it's worth 180. I'm just making numbers up here. But both mom and dad are working. So they're like, ah, it's okay. We'll get through it. Three weeks later, mom loses the job. Two weeks after that, dad does, their motivation has gone up, right? So realize in down cycles that motivation can change on a dime and people will make decisions um, quickly when pressed and when they fear things coming. So maybe in today's market, which has been a seller's market, you're reaching out every 90 days. If the market turns, my guess is you'll want to check in uh, much sooner or much more frequent. Um, you're going to probably want to tweak your message, obviously because maybe now it's not high equity, uh, but it's gosh, darn it, I need to get out, uh, but so those kinds of things. Another thing is this is a wonderful business. If, if you took anything away from the whole scaling live event is those those individuals on stage uh, were all extremely successful. They all had the biggest hearts they were giving giving back, um, and they're all set up to survive the next cycle and, and frankly prosper. So realize that if you want to be in this business long term, not only do you have to be good at something, right, wholesaling or flipping or buying notes or whatever that is, but you also need to keep an eye on the cycles so that one changing market cycle doesn't crush you. And then lastly, helping folks. That was a big takeaway I got from the event is the ability to help sellers and help buyers, help investors is very 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 rewarding right it, the emotional uh, and financial impact of doing it allows you to fill your bank account and also fill your emotional cup uh, and it's a great feeling realizing how many people you can help with real estate investing so some of my takeaways from the event um first and foremost is you only have to be good at one thing in this business to be wildly successful Right, you hear, uh, and I, you got, I felt this way in a lot of the question and answers that uh, we were, we were gracious. The speakers were gracious, gracious enough to have. But basically, they're like, focus, right? Do your thing, right? If you're going to be the mailer, be the mailer, right? If you're going to be RVM, be RVM, right? If you're whatever you're going to do, do it. Don't get distracted by shiny objects. Track your metrics and your KPIs and and tweak appropriately. But become the very best at that in your market with uh, something very impressive uh the other thing i have to sort of turn the lens on myself is i'm a terrible networker right i have no problem looking at the camera i have no problem sharing our story but you know you get me in front of a room full of folks uh, i'm gonna go walk to a table likely in the back of the room and just sit down and get ready to take notes right i don't i need to work on um introducing myself and and all of that i am not particularly good at it i am surprisingly an introvert Uh, just uncomfortable and, um, you know, something I need to work on for sure. So I guess I'll put myself on blast so you can all remind me that uh, I need to network more. And, and uh, I do okay one-on-one, but in big groups with swarms of folks, um, I am terrible at networking. Uh, The best part of this business uh, is helping people uh, and changing uh, financial futures. Uh, Not only, Helping people, as I talked about earlier, buyers, sellers, investors, but the ability to share knowledge and really see people in the audience have those aha moments uh, from some of the talks and some of the presentations is um, there's nothing like it, right? Seeing somebody have that aha moment and know uh, that they're going to give this a shot and they're going to change their financial future. They're going to have a better financial future for sure, and maybe that ends in financial freedom. But simply the ability to turn on the light bulb and have someone go, ah, I got it. I know what I need to do uh, is outstanding. And each of the presenters should be so proud about what they did. Uh, I believe a couple of speakers, uh, at least two uh, that come to mind, and there may have actually been a third, uh, talked about the market peaking, or at least potentially peaking. I'm, I remember it being the second presentation, uh, kind of talking about and relating what happened in 06 to 08 with what might be happening in '19. And then the talk was, okay, well, what do you do, right? Do you get small? Do you conserve cash? Do you change your buying, right? All of these things that you need to appreciate. Um, if the market is about to be turning, um, you know, you need to be careful. Uh, maybe not, ex- maybe not carry as much inventory, maybe do uh, lighter flips. Uh, I happened to see a Max Maxwell uh, video the other day talking about just doing cosmetic flips. I think that's genius. Cause it's quick, right? You're getting in and out. Um, you know another go giver there. Uh, the other thing I took away is it's very clear that if you ask, you can actually get 100% financing from private money. Uh, historically, if you follow this channel, I've only ever gotten financing for the purchase price, and then I have funded the repairs all myself. Uh, but there were some very successful and just monsters out there uh, getting 100% financing. Right, we heard from Don Costa talking about getting 100% financing in in one part of his story, and then. Um, you know him spending, uh, doing a million pieces of mail, right, postcards, and then having 100k and 200k profit months. Uh, and again, he doesn't have any of his money in the deals. He has his time and his experience and his people and all of those things. Um, but again, 100% financing. And maybe, maybe I need to change what I'm doing. Um, I'm not sure. But that that was, that was so eye opening. And and always applaud Don for what he does. Uh, you know, building a team, right? Employees can really take yourself to the next level. Um, to, to hear uh, everybody talk about their teams or their virtual assistants uh, was very impressive. Um, you know, I still know that one of the things I know I don't want is a team. I don't want employees. I don't want complexity. Happy to give and, and help and, and all of that. Um, but um, it's interesting to see that um, with scale in size, assuming you're ma- managing KPIs, and all of that, you can really grow your business. I believe there was a speaker that talked about when when he or she it might have been a she talked about hiring a operations manager and their business tripled, right? Uh, Steve Trang talked about a players pay for themselves, right? Can you afford a forty thousand dollars operations manager? No, wrong idea. You should think about it as a one month trial and see if your business doubles or triple. Uh, and again, Steve Trang giving us a couple of great presentations um, was was fantastic of him. Um, you know, most of the new investors in the market are finding motivated sellers. That was a big conversation, right, is, is they were on the outbound or the reach looking for motivated sellers. They're talking about mail and direct mail and texting and RVM and uh, driving for dollars and door knocking and networking and, and all of that. Um, I bring that up because one of the speakers, and it happens to be the area that I am at least average at, is was focused on finding buyers and um you know investors right and i thought that was a very unique unique spin i'm glad he was there to give that story uh, and again it's something that this channel has allowed me to do was find buyers and people that have full-time jobs and like hey i want a cash flow property help me out uh, so maybe that's something uh, where this channel can go and maybe i can grow and network with folks um uh, so uh, finding buyers and figuring what they want and, and all of those things uh was very exciting because it's something that I enjoy. It's something that allows me to sort of bring my experience to, and um, I don't have to have a team for that, frankly, uh, which is exciting to me. Uh, Again, real estate investing, I've said it three different ways already, but it can change people's lives, right? People in the audience were having light uh, light bulb moments, I call them, where they're just like getting it. People on stage change their lives, change their family lives. Many people on that stage were building legacies to change their children's children's lives and to see uh, that the ability with real estate investing um, and again, real estate investing is not one of these things that you can only do in your 20 or 30 or 40. It's something you could do your entire life. It doesn't have an age limit other than 18 to sign contracts. Um, It was pretty, pretty spectacular. And, you know, the other thing is real estate investing has some of the nicest, most genuine people who really care about others. Everyone at the event was talking about how to get a hold of them or follow them or call them or, you know, send them an instant message or a message on Instagram or email. Um, And all of them were willing to help. And you just don't see that in other areas. I've I've been around the block uh, in technology and sales. And you know, you're not usually open to helping somebody that could be competition and, and things of that nature. So, um, I'm always floored with just the quality of people that seem to stick in real estate uh, because of character and, and willingness to help and, and all of that. So, my message for the audience uh, again in this wholesaling live presentation is that market cycles are real. Uh, if you've only been working and you've been crushing it in the up cycle, I Caution. I suggest you um, check yourself, right? You check your business, you tighten it up. Um, Ask yourself what would happen if your exit was off by five or 10%. Um, You know, what happens if your lending shuts down? If you're doing burr and suddenly banks don't want to lend or the ARV or seasoning periods, I have seen markets collapse. I have seen ridiculous lending standards come out of nowhere. I have seen lending turn off for quality assets and quality investors. Just realize if you get too far out over your skis and the environment changes, ouch, that could hurt. You could become your own motivated seller. So be careful. You know I wanted to you know, as a full-time employee or investor, I wanted to share uh, what I would look at, right. As a full-time employee, when I was buying, right? if we go back to 2003, it didn't have to be perfect, uh, but it had to in be pass inspection and it had to appraise. I was buying value, right? The first house I bought for 107, I've mentioned it already. It needed about 10 grand of work. Back then, we really weren't talking about ARV. Uh, but I certainly forced equity, right? It was probably worth $125 uh, after I did those small repairs, meaning ripped out carpet, painted, just really, 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 really simple stuff. Um, But that's what it was. In today's market, right, if you were going to sell something like that, you would probably have to sell it to a cash buyer first at a discount because appraisals and inspections are so, so picky today. Um, So you have to know that. So today's environment right it has It has to be a clean, right almost turnkey property, right? Everything has to be fixed and dialed in. but you'll get those big appraisals and you'll get the three uh, the FHA buyers with three and a half percent down. So realize what you're looking for. As an investor, what I was always interested in is, you know in the beginning, I would simply say, well, it like cash flow. Uh, today I say, does it produce a yield? What I mean by yield, if you follow me, it's how much down payment, repair, cost, closing costs. Uh, Is the uh, denominator and the numerator is how much yearly uh, expected yearly cash flow once rented. Uh, Because I want that to be a positive number ideally, or has to be because I don't want alligators or negative cash flow. But also, I want that to be a decent number, right? Somewhere between five and seven percent. Right? As a cash buyer in today's market, uh, one of the things that again I look for as a cash buyer is I don't want to compete with flippers right? Flippers who have their process dialed in and they buy in the same three bedroom, two bath, two car garage in the same area over and over and over and over again, right? And people are flipping to owner occupants who can squeeze out the last dollar of profit. Uh, They can overpay, or at least they can outbid me. Uh, What I am, because I am buying stuff to rent or be a landlord, I want the stuff that's maybe semi-busy street. Maybe it's uh, in an industrial area, You know, I want that stuff where no owner occupant will ever want to live. Um, Because A, I get it for cheaper. And B, renters generally don't care. Uh, And again, I want to own these things for decades. So I'm routinely buying stuff as the only bidder. uh, Because again, most of the people buying from wholesalers are flippers. So if you happen to um, be a wholesaler in Fresno or Madera, California, or come across something and you're having difficulty selling it, um, to a cash buyer who wants to flip, you should call me or reach out to me on this channel, leave a comment, whatever you want, um, because it's likely because it's it's an oddball, right? It's a yeah, but, right? Yeah, it's a great house, but it's on a busy street. It's a great house, but it backs up to a supermarket. Yeah, you know, yeah, buts. Uh, yeah, buts are great properties to be an investor in if you want to be a landlord. Uh, they're not great if you want to be an owner-occupant, right? And if we go into a changing environment, the yeah, buts, are going to be really, really hard to sell, right? Oh, that's a great house, but uh, yeah, but it's on a busy street or that's a busy house. Yeah, but you know, it needs new windows or whatever. So uh, as a landlord, I will buy those all day long. You know, this meaning, the meaningful passive income, right? We talk about hundred a house or 200 a house or $300 a house or $400 a house. It takes a while for that little drip Right to build and build and build over time. For us, it took 15 years to get to a point where it's like, you know what? We don't have to. We don't have to get up and do the daily grind anymore. Um, it's absolutely possible. And again, it took us 15 years to be free. But we we had a better financial future lined up after four or five years, right? We had we had probably seven or eight properties by that point that if we didn't do anything else, would have given us a better uh, retirement and the like. So, in the end, realize that these. Passive income is great. Uh, everybody should go after it because active income is the most highly taxed. It's just another form of a job. But passive income slowly built over time can change your future. Here's a big one. The lending environment can change on a heartbeat, both good and bad, right? I remember I remember getting loans extremely easy. easy. Uh, I remember walking into a bank to, to buy a house with an 800 credit score, seven-figure net worth, six-figure income. And getting told no, because I owned too much real estate, right? If i had brought that in 30 days before, no problem. But lending turns off. Then, you know, fast forward, suddenly no lenders want. So now I just do private money. Uh, But now lenders are back. Oh, you're, you're, you are buying holder. Let me give you this. Let me give you that, right? So lending changes both positive and negative. Pay attention. What I want you to do here is don't rely solely on one uh, lender or bank always have a backup, always have build those relationships, go go another direction, uh, just so you know you have something you can go after. I believe that learning your market is good enough for 98% of you. Yes, if you are doing 100 deals, like lots of people on stage are doing, going to other markets is probably a great way to do it if you build up the infrastructure, process, procedures, all of that. But most of us, We can have a better financial future and even leave our day jobs getting good at one market. It's the shiny object. It's trying to compare yourself to someone else. Just stop it. Most of you, 98% of you could be financially free by learning one market. Let that set in. And after all these years of 20 years, I certainly have danced around other markets and looked at and occasionally flirted with other markets, but we are still in the same, same market. Frankly, it's Fresno, California, the one that Don Costa dominates so well. Along those lines, I want you to focus. Focus is the key to success. Stop chasing markets. Stop chasing shiny objects. You do that, you'll go broke and never make any progress and then say real estate investing doesn't work. Stop it. Focus on one market. Focus on one asset type for heaven's sakes. Focus on one zip code. Be the best repetitive over and over and over again. If you need help, the link in the bottom of this video is a course that teaches you exactly how I learned Fresno, which I've never been, never spent the night in, never was in before I started. And um, you know, you can use it to learn any market. So when starting out. Uh, I was looking for value creation, right? So it was called forced equity uh, back in 2003. I bought a house for 107. I spent 10, so I'm in it 117, but now it's worth 125, 130. That was what we did back in 2003, 2006. Then what we did is we did what was called cash out refinances is, is the equity in that first house went up from 107 or whatever, the value 107 to 165, 170, and we peeled out equity via a cash-out refi, and we bought more real estate. Something that you will see from us is we never took our real estate cash or equity and did anything but buy more real estate. Didn't buy cars, didn't buy trips, didn't buy silly Gucci bags or toys or gold necklaces or whatever. In addition to that, we also, when stuff got crazy priced, we did 1031 exchanges, and we moved our equity from houses, which were overpriced, in the small apartment buildings which shielded us from the worst of the downturn something that we often do and i frankly still do today and i work with agents on this all the time is call me up when you find like a two bedroom one bath house with 1250 square feet right it's a funky layout it has a living room dining room family room all mushed together right if i can find a way to create a third bedroom or sometimes even a fourth bedroom i'm down because if you can buy it as a 2 and rent it as a 4 Uh, There's a lot of ways to create value and increase yield and all those things that I look for. Realize that if the market crashes uh, or even plateaus and it stops rising, that lending can turn off or become much, much more difficult, right? Lending could still be on for those W-2 earners with uh, 750 credit scores. But maybe if you're self-funding or uh, a non-W-2, your lending's gone. None of this cheap money from banks. I've seen it. Right? So you have to find ways to recycle capital, and that could be private capital, it could be hard money, but just realize that one of the things you have to figure out is just how to do that as markets change. You know, Holding properties uh, that you buy when they're on sale makes a ton of sense, even if you're paying 12 to 15%. I remember in the depths of the crash, we were finding houses basically at land value, but we had to pay 15% to get private money to work for us. Happy to pay it. We kept those loans for a long time, um, but again, we were able to use somebody else's money, paying 15% interest to buy properties. Right? Don't get when the market's on sale. Your job's to go shopping. Don't get distracted by expensive money. When this stuff goes on sale, and you'll know if you learn your market like I tell you to, jump in, buy as much as you can. Don't be that person that says, "I wish I bought more." Uh, That was something I'm very proud still to this day uh, to say that we bought every property we could during the crash, and I'm happy we did. You know, fear is going to grip the owner-occupants. When this market rolls over, and I don't know when that is, owner-occupants are going to freeze, right? If unemployment goes from 3.5 to 6.5, people are going to stop buying. They're going to stop upgrading. They're going to stay in their homes. And what, what happened is their life events still happen and people need to sell and people need to move and for jobs and death and divorce and all this stuff. I have seen prices fall 2% a month for the better part of 18 to 20 months. It's wicked, it's painful, it happens fast. So realize that that's out there and you, you don't know when this is coming. Today, again, I look for areas that flippers don't want. I believe most cash buyers that are buying from the wholesalers at the event are trying to flip the bread and butter, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, single story house. Those stuff get, get bid up and there's no profit, right? The wholesaler makes all the money. Flippers are going to lose their butt eventually. So I like to buy the stuff that's odd. It's, it's a, yeah, but yeah, it's on a busy street. Yeah. It's a little older. Yeah. It's a one bathroom, right? Whatever. Um, I like to play where there's no competition. It allows the wholesaler to make, uh, have a successful exit, uh, and then I can have a successful hold if I choose to or a flip if I choose to sell it to another landlord. Again, I do this because I like Oddball Properties in Fresno and Madera, California, because I, I just hate competition. I don't get in bidding wars. I lose stuff all the time. It's fine. Um, there's lots of people out there flipping today, and uh, if they want to bid up prices to where I can't see how they can make money, go for it. I believe reputation matters. Uh, I've I prided myself during the crash that every uh, foreclosure we got in escrow we closed. Uh, a lot of a lot of people were buying, getting stuff locked up and couldn't close. We closed everything. Uh, I think today every commitment I have with heart, with uh, wholesalers means something. I've closed on every deal uh, with wholesalers that I've gotten into. I like being a known quantity. I value my reputation. Uh, so uh, you know these are just things to think about. Lastly, no one deal is worth my reputation. If I get into something and it gets a little wonky and the the wholesaler says the the seller wants to back out, fine. I'm not going to blame anybody. Life happens. Um, I sell stuff occasionally today as I flip and if people back out, it's fine. No big deal. Um, Frankly, anytime money's involved and you're working with a new person, they might lie to you. They might tell you a story. They might over-exaggerate. Just take it. Move on. This is a people business you've chosen to be in. Uh, So realize that uh, once money gets involved, some people get weird. So active income, passive income, and wealth. Many people preach freedom, but only chase active income. I can't tell you how many conversations I overheard uh, in the last uh, three or four days about people wanting to be this monster wholesalers because they wanted to leave their job. If you're just going to go from one job to another, yes, you can call yourself the CEO. I get it. Yes, it's your baby. I get it. Uh, But staying only in the active income arena forever, it's just another job. It's another golden handcuffs. It's it's whatever you want to call it. So realize that if you really, really want freedom, you need passive income. One of the things that I truly believe is I believe too many people quit their day, day job too early. You should be busting your butt during the day job, you know, working eight to six. I did it. I traveled all over the world. But you can be building experience that's awesome off hours, morning, evenings, weekends. Sacrifice some sleep. Um, The ability to learn a market and learn real estate off hours while you still have a day job is a way to reduce risk. It's a way to build confidence. It's a way to get the entire ecosystem around you on one page versus coming in and saying, honey, I'm out. I'm going to go do this full time. I'm going to go buy a bunch of envelopes and stamps and see what happens. Right. So use the power of a day job um, to fund your experience and your gathering and just go for it. Um, You do not have to go full time in this business. Right. We built a a portfolio of rentals over 15 years and we never left work. It's absolutely possible. You can be a wholesaler off hours. You can be a flipper if you have the infrastructure and team behind you off hours, right? You don't have to go full-time and risk everything day one. Get some experience, proof a concept, prove it works, figure out which part of this crazy business you want to be a part of, and then, and only then, go for it. Something that's important is buy and hold works. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not the 100K checks we heard about. I know it's not a um, hundred thousand dollar profit every month, as, as some people talked about. I know it's not four million dollars a year. But if you want freedom, like some people talk about, buy and hold works. I know it's slow, I know it takes time, but I promise you, buy and hold positive cash flow properties, affordable, conservatively financed, can work. You know, if you are flipping or you are wholesaling, I suggest the sooner you can keep one in four deals, the wealthier, you, wealthier you're going to be long term. First off, you're going to have depreciation. You're going to be able to take some phantom depreciation, write it off against your income because you're a real estate professional. Then, once you do one in four, eventually get to one in two. The ability to cherry pick which deals you want to keep, realize that you are, you are in the catbird seat to build the best portfolio of rentals of anyone. The the fact that more don't do it um, is shocking and, and maybe even a little disappointment. But again, work. Maybe it's year two or year three where you keep one in four deals. Make it a goal. Freedom. If you really, really, really want freedom, it comes from holding assets that appreciate over time that produce income. Remember rich dad, poor dad. It's because he held assets it wasn't because he was the biggest wholesaler or flipper around. It's because he held that condo in Hawaii and she had that condo, I think, in Portland or wherever it was. Um, so again, uh, it's not easy. I mean, I guess it's easy, it's, but it takes time. All right? So cash flow just builds slowly over time. True wealth, generational wealth, your kids' kids, that comes from owning assets. Uh, and I'm sorry it's going to take time. It'll take you at least 10 years to build that seven-figure equity position. But heck, you're you're going to be doing this for a long time anyways. Might as well keep one in four and build that legacy wealth so your kids' kids have their college funds paid for and and all of that. Stop chasing and start focusing. Stop bouncing around uh, from this to that to this to that. Focus on a market. Focus on an avenue. Get good at it. Execute. Tweak. Execute. Tweak. Become the best at it in your market, and success is right around the corner. So my hope for the audience is I believe success in real estate investing comes, can, comes from confidence in oneself. That's why I talk about learning your market is I think as you learn your market, you build confidence and with confidence, you make solid steps. I believe lots of new investors don't get their first deals for nine to 12 months. Can you hold on that long? Are you willing to stay that confident for that long and not getting a check for nine to 12 months? Plan for it, build for it, execute, 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 learn, and then watch success come as you move forward. Don't confuse big checks with actual profit. That's a big thing you see on all these flipping shows is just because they say they bought it for X and they they fixed it up for Y and they sold it for Z, the net's not profit. They had closing costs. They had carrying costs. They may have had joint ventures or partners. They have taxes. Don't believe, don't believe any of the numbers that you see in real estate when people just show you one number, unless they're talking about taxes and closing costs and carrying costs and fees and points and all that stuff. It's not, most of the people that show a 40K check didn't make 40K. They might've made 18 or 12. Uh, so realize that. <coughs> Success can come in many forms. You just need to find your niche. Focus, learn, focus, execute, learn, focus, right? Get after it. I believe you can be financially free on one-tenth of the volume that the people on stage were talking about. I was amazed at all the people doing 80 and 100 and 200 deals a year, right? If not more. And I believe most of us in that audience, if we did one-tenth of what they're doing, we could be financially free. So, Don't try to chase somebody else's number. Don't try to be like someone else. If your number is four grand a month to be financially free, go for it. Don't increase your standard of living. Don't buy the new toys. Get after it, go get that 4K and be financially free. Believe me, bigger isn't always better. Having employees isn't always better. Yes, you can do some amazing things and we saw them on that stage. But maybe you're like me and you have no interest in having employees. Am I supposed to feel self-conscious and not worthy because I don't want employees and I don't want to hire and I don't want to fire? No, I just have to settle for being smaller. I'm never going to be like those folks. I'm never going to have seven-figure years. I'm never going to have 500K years. That's okay. I don't need that much money. And I don't have overhead. I have fun. I have a balanced life. So realize that. And lastly. Everyone can do this, right? You don't have to be like everybody on stage. So in the end, uh, I'm very happy to put together this whole Scaling Live presentations. If you happen to like what I've said and you want to know more about me, I did write a book. That's the cover. It's available on Amazon. It's called One Rental at a Time. It's about a full-time employee who bought a house and then bought another and then over 15 years uh, built up a decent portfolio and left the rat race. You can find me, I, everything I do is one rental at a time. I have a website. Uh, I'm on YouTube. This is where this video is likely seeing it. I have Instagram, again, one rental at a time. And if you want to look up my LinkedIn profile, it's just Michael Zuber. And then lastly, if you are a buy and hold investor, you want to learn your market, I am offering you a discount on a course. My course is $199, so it's not that expensive. But heck, if, you, if you've seen this video to the end, type in book 20, you save $20. And I even send you an autograph book. I think I have, I got seven left. So I'll send out seven autograph books to the first seven people that sign up. So hopefully that made sense. Hopefully you liked it. Love to hear from you. If you have questions, leave questions below. If you're still watching this, make sure you subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know you made it to the end. So in the end, uh, the folks that brought Wholescaling Live out, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have no idea how many lives you changed, mine included. And until next time, take care.